Chapter Twenty Three of Old Friends and New Fancies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Bodorf. Old Friends and New Fancies by Sybil G. Brenton. Chapter Twenty Three. Colonel Fitzwilliam wrote that he intended staying in Leicestershire for Christmas and going to London for the first fortnight of January. Elizabeth did not fail to make this information public, and accordingly, when the question of their two guests' departure was again broached, Miss Crawford was more easily persuaded to prolong their visit, and her sister approved of whatever she chose to do. Elizabeth had not thought it right to speak to Mrs. Grant about her conversation with Mary, but the lady had opened the subject herself by expressing to Mrs. Darcy her great relief that the affair with Colonel Fitzwilliam had gone off, and attributing Mary's illness to fretting and disappointment. Mrs. Grant blamed no one except the Elliots, who, she asserted, had persistently stood between Mary and her other friends, but she lamented the whole series of mishaps, for it was evident that no one else had ever gained such a large measure of her sister's regard, and now her whole endeavor seemed to be to banish him from her thoughts. Mary, meantime, was recovering health and vigor, and the color came back to her cheeks, and the light to her eyes in a manner very gratifying to her friends to observe. Had Elizabeth not been so much preoccupied with plans for her visitors and preparations for Christmas, she could not have failed to note the contrast between Miss Crawford and Georgiana, for the younger girl grew paler and graver, and seemed more and more spiritless in comparison with Mary's gay moods. Georgiana made great efforts to throw herself into what was going on, and was persuaded that she smiled and talked as much as ever, while she took part in the hospitalities of Pemberley. But in reality, the weight on her mind, her preoccupation with the thought of two people who were suffering through her fault, prevented her from always knowing when she was silent. She constantly pictured Kitty, grieving in solitude over the downfall of the hopes of many months, and wearied her mind with fruitless speculations as to how they could have acted differently in order to have averted the blow. No one could possibly have foreseen that Mr. Price would care for her and not for Kitty, else the latter's friend would have been persuaded to try and like Mr. Morland, whose courtship had been under equally auspicious circumstances. But then Georgiana reflected with a thrill, who could think of a Morland when they had been better attracted by a Price? She was glad to be able to pay that tribute to her friend's good taste, and if the affair had not been checked in the early stages, it must have gone on in the way it had until the gentleman spoke, and poor Kitty's fate was sealed. Tears rose to Georgiana's eyes as she recalled her interview with William Price, and the feeling of anger and despair that had come over her at the prospect of everything being so utterly wrong, and then thrown into such confusion. And since then, the indignation on Kitty's behalf, which had overwhelmed her at first, had softened into pity, and shared a place in her heart equally with regret for Mr. Price, for his disappointment, as sudden and as complete as Kitty's, and far more bewildering. He would never, perhaps, fully understand how it came about, nor fully allow for its causes, and for the obstacles which had necessitated his being refused. Chilled and repulsed, he would think her insensible, unkind, he would believe that she did not care for him and did not want to care. What a wonder if his feelings toward her underwent a change. 
what was more probable than that now when she had learnt that his esteem was the only thing necessary to her happiness and earnestly wished he could know that she no longer blamed him he had resolved to think of her no more owing to a slight indisposition of mrs bingley's the desborough party had not come over to pemberley at christmas as was their custom but they arrived on new year's eve to spend two or three days georgiana looked forward rather nervously to the meeting with kitty for the latter had only written occasional notes to her and elizabeth in a constrained style since the departure in november and georgiana dreaded equally any reopening of the subject in words or any coldness between them combined with the unforgiving reproaches which kitty knew so well how to convey by look and manner it seemed however when they arrived that kitty was not going to adopt either attitude precisely she looked very thin and jane told her sister that she had not been eating or sleeping well but she chatted as vigorously as ever and was in restless excitable spirits she could not sit long to anything and when not flying about the house or playing with the children was constantly running down to the rectory on the plea of wanting to see mrs ferrars new baby who had made its appearance in the world a few days before georgiana found that any private talk was out of the question and did not seem to be desired by kitty whose principal topic of conversation was after the loveliness of the baby the charms of her newest friend a certain mrs henry tilney sister of mr morland who had been staying with him for some weeks the young lady was about kitty's age but had been married for several years and had brought one of her children with her a little girl about the age of the bingley's second boy and there had evidently been a great deal of intercourse between the park and the rectory mrs tilney was reported by jane and her husband to be a very pleasing gentle and amiable woman and kitty's enthusiasm over her knew no bounds elizabeth had met mrs tilney and was pleased to hear of her again as she would have been to hear of any one connected with mr morland and lady portinscale and the subject offered material for frequent conversation among the whole party as mrs grant and miss crawford had an interest in it also through their acquaintanceship with the young clergyman in bath georgiana could not help glancing at kitty occasionally when his name was mentioned and noticed that the slight embarrassment kitty displayed at first soon wore off there had evidently been a good many visitors at desborough during the past month bingley had had another shooting party and there had been evenings of music and even a small dance at the house of a neighbor kitty spoke of these things as if the retrospect were one of great enjoyment and morland was so often referred to as to lead to the supposition that their constant meetings were fraught with no discomfort on either side but you have not told all our gaieties kitty said bingley as they stood around the drawing-room fire one morning after breakfast did you know elizabeth that we went to see the amateur theatricals in ashborough the officers got them up among themselves and invited everybody it was quite a spectacle and they gave us a supper afterwards in that fine great mess-room i never saw anything done better yes we had an invitation i was sorry not to go to it but it was too far said elizabeth i heard the performance was very good of course you would have been asked you ought to have gone for it was well worth seeing our little charades were quite put in the shade kitty can you give all information about it for she had a splendid young officer sitting by her to tell her who everybody was it was only mr cathcart he knew colonel forster once and wanted to hear about lydia said kitty coloring and becoming deeply interested in the pattern of her lace handkerchief 
and the one who escorted you to supper was not mr cathcart he was somebody even more gorgeous and equally delightful a field marshal at least i should think continued her brother-in-law in bantering tones altogether kitty did very well that evening i expected jane would have had half the regiment coming up to her before it was over to ask leave to call nonsense bingley said kitty in some confusion getting up and going to help mary crawford who was sorting her music you are making too much of it there was no reason why mr macdonald should not call if he wished bingley laughed and proceeded to give so lively a description of the theatricals that kitty could not help coming back and joining in with sparkling eyes and every sign of pleasure in the reminiscence georgiana watched her in some surprise for nothing could be more unlike the broken-hearted kitty who had gone away six weeks before bingley forbore to tease her any longer but finding himself alone with elizabeth and georgiana later in the morning he began at once i think neither of you need to be under any more apprehension about kitty she was certainly very low-spirited when she came to us and i was afraid that young sailor's departure had had a devastating effect but she has brightened up wonderfully and managed to enjoy herself again just as a girl ought i am very glad said elizabeth i knew she had taken it a great deal to heart at the time but fresh interests will put fresh life into her exactly there is no need in a pretty young woman like that moping about a fellow who does not care for her the best thing to forget him is to amuse herself with others and i feel myself partly responsible for encouraging that young price so jane and i have done our best to distract her thoughts those officers are as pleasant a set of fellows as ever stepped and kitty by no means disliked them but unfortunately the regiment is just moving on and the next one does not come till march i have asked bertram down again at the end of the month for some hunting kitty and he seem to get on well and we thought him a capital fellow did you not very agreeable indeed said elizabeth in a tone of calmer praise adding and i have no doubt he is an excellent young man though in spite of all i should be inclined to adhere to kitty's first preference to his cousin mr price's manners had more to recommend them i thought georgiana's heart bounded and she turned away her face to hide her rising colour as bingley responded ah yes elizabeth you are right in spite of all as you say price is the man we should have liked for her there is a sterling character i do believe it would have done most of us good to have to begin early and make our own fortunes as that youth has done and we should not be all so frank and modest at his age i'll wager yes i should be only too glad to get him back but it is out of the question i had a letter from him last week from copenhagen they expect to be cruising about in the north sea for another month or two then he will probably have to go to some distant station georgiana had turned now to look at bingley her complexion changing from red to pale she was grateful to elizabeth for keeping the conversation going by some slight remark for she could not have spoken yes continued bingley we think it is a great drawback to a sailor's life that he should have to be abroad so much and away from his friends but cruises now are not as long as they used to be and when a man has as much spirit as price he is glad to be on the move to show authorities the stuff he is made of price is commander on his present ship you know the first since his promotion the entrance of jane caused bingley to break off and georgiana waited a little in the hope that he had more to say on a subject of such an absorbing nature but unfortunately it was mr bertram not mr price to whom he reverted calling upon jane to confirm his expectations of the former's visit 
and georgiana slipped out of the room as jane began to tell elizabeth how she had succeeded in obtaining mr bennett's permission to keep kitty until easter georgiana needed to think over what she had heard even though the pain to herself became more intense in proportion as she glorified in the approval expressed of william price by her friends to hear him praised to know him appreciated was sweet to her but how bitter by contrast was the knowledge that she had sacrificed his happiness and her own in vain that kitty had so soon forgotten him as to be able to flirt with officers and was ready to accept as a compensation for the loss of william price the attentions of any young men bingley could collect around her georgiana could scarcely believe that the devotion of half a year could have died a natural death in so short a time she must almost have thought that kitty was feigning indifference in order to conceal her chagrin but from experience of kitty's nature she knew that her friend was incapable of acting a sustained part and that if she appeared to enjoy balls and flirtations it was because they had for her as much zest as ever georgiana might wonder but she had no inclination to blame kitty for any sign of inconsistency it was undoubtedly much better for kitty to give over her infatuation for william price if she could succeed in doing so but the consequences to georgiana were far more grave and she suffered the more for realizing that kitty had not after all so greatly valued the things she had sought after the object which had become more and more precious to georgiana than anything in the world her effort to defend kitty to william her refusal to accept his devotion for herself had all been wasted fruitless unnecessary not that she would for one moment desire to withdraw the act of loyalty towards her friend but with heartbreaking regrets did she review the whole sequence of events which had so cruelly and inevitably separated william price and herself was it she thought a just punishment for one who had made two such grievous mistakes previously that she should now be accorded too late a glimpse of a happiness that would have transformed her whole life bingley's casual mention of his movements had reminded her forcibly how improbable it was that they should ever meet again she had borne up bravely until then but that night when alone she could not help giving way to an excess of grief severer than any she had known before and only a dread of arousing comment enabled her to assume an air of tolerable serenity when she appeared in the morning it happened that jane while admiring a new dress which georgiana was wearing was struck with the want of animation in the young girl's face and her usual kindness prompted her to inquire solicitously how she did georgiana would confess to no ailment but a slight cold which she had had for a week and been unable to throw off and tried to make light of it when jane appealed to elizabeth to suggest what might be done to re-establish her health elizabeth felt a real concern as she looked closely at her young sister and reproached herself for having neglected to give her proper care no no indeed elizabeth it is not protested georgiana i am perfectly well a cold always makes one feel stupid and this mild damp weather is disagreeable coming after those early frosts come and stay with us for two or three weeks said jane affectionately the change will do you good and bingley and i shall be happy to have you your last visit was an unreasonably short one georgiana gratefully but decidedly declined the offer pleading various excuses but privately feeling that she would rather not be with kitty again just yet amid scenes connected inseparably with william price's presence i think she ought to have a change nevertheless said elizabeth and it is too long to wait till we go to bath in april would you not really care to go to desborough for a while georgiana and see if it does you good georgiana faltered out something of reluctance 
and Jane, smiling kindly at her, went away to leave the sisters to discuss it together. Elizabeth drew the young girl to her, and tenderly asked her if there was anything the matter, in which her help or advice would be acceptable, and Georgiana, after a few minutes' silent struggle, recovered the self-command which the proffer of sympathy had threatened to disturb, and replied that she was sure she would be quite well directly, and would rather not go away from home till she went up with the others. "'You are sure there is nowhere you would like to go, if not Desborough?' asked Elizabeth, pondering. "'The Hursts would be delighted, you know, but you have been there lately. What a pity Mrs. Ainsley has gone abroad!' Georgiana only shook her head at these suggestions, and suddenly Elizabeth exclaimed, "'I have thought of something. Mrs. Wentworth's invitation. You remember that she asked you, in the letter I had from her with reference to her father and Miss Crawford, you thought at the time that you might like to accept it some day.' The idea seemed to interest Georgiana more than the others. She raised her head from Elizabeth's shoulder and said, I remember. It was a very kind message. The Wentworths live at Winchester, do they not? Yes, and Anne Wentworth is so good-natured, so thoroughly sincere, that I know she would like to be taken at her word, and to have you propose yourself as a visitor. What do you think of it, Georgiana? I think you might be very happy with such kind people, and the change of air and surroundings would be complete. It seems a very long way off, I know, but you could be taken to London in the carriage with the two servants, as last year, and Captain Wentworth would doubtless be able to meet you there, for he makes that journey constantly. Your brother and I would come and fetch you any time after Miss Crawford goes, as soon as you wish to come away. Elizabeth Rosa went to her writing table to find Mrs. Wentworth's letter, and to show Georgiana the message once more. The cordiality which it expressed could not be doubted and Georgiana began to feel that if she could ever find pleasure in anything again, it might be in the quiet companionship of such friends as Captain and Mrs. Wentworth. She had been greatly attracted by Mrs. Wentworth, and she had sufficient good sense to know that it would be advantageous to her to have an entire change of environment, to be away for a time from Pemberley and its associations. It would revive her courage and help her to appreciate the many blessings that life still held for her. Georgiana was not too young not to believe that her troubles were past mending, but she was also too reasonable deliberately to nurse her own unhappiness. She accordingly allowed Elizabeth to write and propose the scheme, and had grown so much accustomed to the idea as to be pleased when an answer arrived in the form of a joint letter from the Wentworths, warmly welcoming her to join their house, with every intimation of the delight it would afford them, and suggesting the last week in January as the date for her journey to London where her host would meet her and convey her straight to Winchester, a distance of sixty-five miles. The arrangements were generally approved. Darcy and Elizabeth regretted losing their sister even for a time, but they hoped it would be beneficial to her, and they could perceive that it fell in with her inclinations. There was no lack of escort, for Mrs. Grant and Miss Crawford, who were now talking of going in earnest, were anxious to alter their plans and travel to Bath round by London for the pleasure of her company. But Darcy would not permit this, as he had resolved on taking his sister himself, and Elizabeth induced them to remain with her until his return. End of chapter 23